Hello and welcome to another episode on Football Talk Podcast. My name is Ozzy and I'm the host for today's show. Now the wait is finally over and the Premier League is now underway and we've already had some very interesting results. So let's review some of the big games that took place in match week one. We'll begin with the match on Super Sunday um, and that was between Chelsea and Liverpool. Both teams were making headlines before the game. Uh, as it appeared that Liverpool had a march on Chelsea with regards to some transfer news, as a bid was accepted for Brighton's Moise Caicedo, but the hijackers got hijacked as Chelsea got in the mix and secured the signature for the Ecuadorian. But in regards to the game, both teams have a lot to prove, as they had a poor campaign last season to their standards. In fact, Chelsea probably had a season to forget, finishing in the bottom half of the table. Liverpool just about put along a string of wins in the latter stages and secured the fifth spot. In terms of the history of this fixture, it would suggest that a draw was always in order and that was the outcome. The match itself, I think Chelsea had the better game. They seemed to be more controlled with possession and never looked like they were under huge pressure. Liverpool had moments, especially in the first half, but defensively as a unit, they seemed a bit shaky and it's quite clear to say that reinforcements are definitely required in this uh, transfer window. For me, it has to be two centre-mids and a centre-back. That's exactly what Liverpool need um, before the 1st of September. Will it happen? Honestly, I don't know anymore. Clearly, the funds are available, especially for making British record bids. But is there anyone out there from our transfer community that believes that there's a player worth the investment? I don't think so, to be fair. There's a wealth of talent, in my opinion, that is worth investing in. I could do a whole show in terms of who Liverpool should target from Europe and even South America that Liverpool should be taking advantage of. But our owners at FSG, the way that they've been operating recently worries me a lot, making schoolboy errors in regards to negotiation, um, no strategy in anything that they're implementing right now. So as a Liverpool fan, I am concerned I already saw fans earlier on today tweeting that Liverpool are cooking something behind the scenes with regards to uh, signings because there's been a bit of silence. Um, call me a seller, but I'm not buying that. Um, as a club, we're probably thinking, shoot, what should we do with regards to new players? We tried to bid for Caicedo, a record fee of £110 million. That should have been enough to get him to Liverpool. That, and that wasn't the case. Um, you have to do more groundwork in order to get a player of that quality. I don't have faith in this ownership anymore, if I'm being brutally honest. But we can talk about Liverpool transfers and FSG another day. Back to the game. For me, overall, the result was fair and I would have taken a draw before the game had even taken place. Both teams have to show their quality this season as it's not assuring that they'll secure a top four finish and there's a lot of teams challenging for that Champions League qualification this season. So... A lot to play for, to say the least. First game that kicked off the season was newly promoted team Burnley versus Man City. Now, one of City's legends, Vincent Company, faces his old club as a manager. And to be fair, his team showed a good account of themselves, in my opinion. But the star of the show was Erling Haaland. Um, he continued from where he left off last season, uh, and that was being a goal machine. He opened his account for this season in the second minute, I think it was. But the 
second finish is the one that I want to talk about. Beautiful finish, an instinctive hit into the top corner. Pure striker's goal there. Not sure what Pep was moaning about uh, with Haaland during half-time. Seems to always want to be that centre of attention. Kind of like P. Diddy in music videos, doing too much in front of the cameras. Back to the game. Rodri gets the third goal and helps City claim the three points. Only downside to this result was the fact that Kevin De Bruyne was injured. And I believe today it was confirmed that he'll be out for at least three months. And that's a big blow for Man City. Many people will say that City should be fine. They've got tons of quality players in the squad. I don't think they have adequate cover for when Kevin De Bruyne is not in the team. In previous seasons, that guy would have been Gundogan, who would have taken that mantle and lead the team. But now he's no longer at the club. Who can take over the team as the main playmaker? Some would say Foden, and I would as well, to be fair. But for me, he's not as consistent as he should be. You could all, all, also argue about Bernardo Silva taking that role. But right now, his future is still uncertain. It's been linked to a move away from the club. I did see City getting linked with um, Paqueta from West Ham for £80 million. That price is just outrageous. I do rate him as a player, but for that price, it's a little bit steep. But it'll be interesting to see who they sign. Um, but it's safe to say that they still remain favourites to win the league again. Next game, Arsenal up against Nottingham Forest for the Saturday midday kickoff, and it was a great game. Arsenal showed great dominance in the first half. The two goals were fantastic. The assist by Martinelli to Enketio was just outrageous. Brazilian magic from the winger there. The second goal from Saka was just out of this world. What a lovely curled finish in the back of the net. Havertz made his Premier League debut for Arsenal. And to be fair, he showed a good account of himself. With Arsenal deploying a 3-2-3 formation, it was presented as Havertz and Odegaard playing as advanced eights. And I think it could work. It's definitely a work in progress, but... Who knows, with a lot of games coming thick and fast for the Arsenal team this season, being part of the Champions League as well, a lot of squad rotation will be required in order to maintain a good level of form and try and get some win on the belt as well. But Arsenal, for me, looked really solid at the back in this game. And it was unfortunate that their other summer signing, Timba, left the pitch injured. It looks like he could be out for months with a serious knee injury, which is such a shame as he showed some good form in pre-season. But Arsenal, for me, have more squad depth this season. So the likes of Gabriel and Tomiyasu can certainly take over from Timber in the starting lineup. In terms of the opposition, Nottingham Forest, they got a consolation goal through and, and one knee. And Arsenal looked very nervy towards the end of the game. But in the end, they managed to get the win. I still think Arsenal would just miss out on the title. Uh, but right now, they are by a mile the strongest contenders uh, to Man City for the title. Now, the next game was one that I was looking forward to, and that was Newcastle, um, who are on a rise after securing Champions League football last season. And Villa have signed some quality players this window, including Moussa Diaby and, pa and Pau Torres. So for me, this fixture would be an indication of where both teams are as I consider Aston Villa to be dark horses for top four. But this game was not the one for Villa. 
Newcastle destroyed Aston Villa. They were simply no match for the Toonami. New signing Sandro Tonali opens the scoreline with a fantastic diving volley. Look, he still didn't look happy to me, but nonetheless, a great finish from the Italian. Villa responded with a great uh, finish from Moussa Diaby on his weaker foot as well. Now, if you watch my previous uh, content, you know that I'm a big fan of Moussa Diaby. He was one player that I really wanted Liverpool to sign. This season, I think he's going to make a name for himself. Such a talented player. So, be on, on the lookout to see how he does for Aston Villa. But after that equaliser, Newcastle hit another gear. A tap-in for Isaac to open his account. But his second goal was a sublime, a lovely dinked finish from the striker. He's going to be a problem for a lot of teams this season in the Premier League, but also the Champions League. Wilson gets on the end of a Harvey Barnes free ball and the Harvey Barnes gets on the score sheet himself to make it five for Newcastle. So what a performance to kickstart the season. A lot of fans and pundits have predicted that Newcastle will not even finish in the top four. That remains to be seen, but they're showing that you can't rule them out entirely and they will be there thereabouts fighting for a top four finish this season. So let's roll over to Monday Night Football as Wolves take on Manchester United at Old Trafford and it ended in controversial fashion and of course it would be it's Rochester United after all. Wolves were surprisingly impressive in this game and had some chances to take the lead with Cunha going close as he hits the post. Should have scored to be honest in, in my opinion. Very close range. Just didn't get the angles right in that one. Wolves were splitting the Manchester United defence with a number of counter-attacks. Those United who opened the scoring. Wan-Bissaka lobs the ball over the Wolves defence and Varane heads the ball into the back of the net. Then the controversial moment happened um, as new signing Onana clotheslines um, Kalajic but nothing was given. It goes to VAR and still nothing given, which was an outrageous decision in favour of Rochester United getting the three points. The decision was so blatantly ridiculous that all three officials, including the on-pitch ref, which was Simon uh, Hooper, have been dropped for this weekend's fixtures. Awful refereeing, as that cost Wolves the chance of getting a penalty kick and possibly a point, which for me, I think they thoroughly deserved. United were lucky as always. Wolves were very impressive. They can show this level of performance throughout the season. I think they have a good chance of staying up. I think they desperately need a, uh, to sign a striker as they sold Jimenez to Fulham as they're lacking goals in this team. I've just got a comment here from Madison Smith. Liverpool are a massive club, but did missing out on Caicedo and Lavia make you question Liverpool's allure at this point in time? That's been a big debate today in terms of have Liverpool lost their pulling power? I think because we've been up against Chelsea for those two players, money talks. And let's be brutally honest. Um, I think with Caicedo, they've had an interest in the player for a very long time. Um, you saw the, I'm sure you've seen the video on social media where he was wearing a Chelsea shirt from three years ago, showing that he was a Chelsea fan. He also stated that Makalele and Kante have been his role models growing up. So, Chelsea was always a player he wanted to join. So that was quite obvious for, to see. Lavia, for me, was a bit of a strange one because we showed a lot of interest in the player. Uh, but I think because we kept on making silly bids on a weekly basis, I think he felt like we didn't value him as a player. So 
Yeah, the Labian one was a disappointing one. Kaiseido for me was always out of bounds, but because we placed the record bid, you're thinking you never know. Chelsea might not want to match that bid. They might be breaking FFP rules, but clearly that doesn't exist. So it is what it is in that regards. I don't think Liverpool have lost the, the pool. Uh, you've got McAllister, who's a World Cup winner. He could have gone to any club as well. You've got Sobozlai, who was after who was um, interesting a lot of clubs, including Newcastle, and there were other clubs in Europe. But he always wanted to play for Klopp, and I think Liverpool has always been a club that he's uh, appreciated in the past. So I st I still think we can acquire some good players. It comes down to our ownership, who I feel like have been. <laughs> lacks a daisy in terms of negotiating deals we've got a sporting director who cannot negotiate deals he can only pay release clauses which is just outrageous uh, and I think it was confirmed today or there have been reports today that he will not be offered a new position and obviously not it's been a dreadful appointment to say the least but I think we'll still be able to acquire some decent players to a level of Caicedo possibly not if I'm being brutally honest but because now a lot of the clubs know we have money in the bank to splash out on some mid midfielders or defenders even, they probably would have added a premium price on top of their assets altogether right now. So, so yeah, we'll be paying over the odds, whoever we sign. That's just the, the fact now. So let's see. We've got two more weeks of the transfer window left. If I'm being honest, I'm not optimistic about signing new players. I feel like we might just get a midfielder and that'll be it. I would love to get two centimeters and a defender, and particularly a left-sided centre-back. But, you know, at this day, it feels like wishful thinking. But you never know. Liverpool do like to surprise us here and there. So <laughs> we'll take it from there. In terms of other fixtures of match week one, Bournemouth got a valuable point as Solanke gets the equaliser for the Cherries. Lovely finish by Jared Bowen, by the way. Great goal for West Ham. Brighton demolished new boys Luton in the opener. Goals from Adingra, Ferguson, Jao Pedro, who for me looks like an exciting talent. Probably a breakout talent for me this season. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. And Sully March as well. Everton tasted defeat in the hands of Fulham. Winning goal scored by the uh, Cordova Reed. Palace get a valuable away win against Sheffield United. Goal from Edward. Nice goal, nice assist, sorry, from Ayu. Some breaking news today with regards to Crystal Palace as Chelsea have triggered a release clause of 35 million for Michael Lise. That is a huge blow for Crystal Palace. Um, they've just recently signed a highly rated uh, Brazilian youngster named Matias Franca from Flamengo. But I believe he's injured at the moment. I'm not sure how, how long he's out for, but Palace will need to find a replacement fast um, as they don't have a lot of wingers in the in the team, uh, especially on the right side as well. So it's a it's a weak point. I feel like if they don't recruit well, it could be a costly decision. Um, I was actually quite surprised that they still had that release clause as I was aware that they had it for at least, say, a couple of years ago. But because he's had such a great season for Palace in his uh, debut season, the rumour was that they had increased it to 50 million, but clearly that is not the case. So good work from Chelsea, I guess, to figure that out. Um, yeah, they're, they're doing a lot of moves right now, which is annoying to see, but it is what it is. And the final fixture, Brentford missed out on getting all three points as Emerson Royale 
you know, not the person I would expect to see on the score sheet, but he scored the equalising goal to give Spurs manager Ange Postacoglu his first point on the board. And that's the end of our review of match week one. But before we close the show, um, I'll announce our first FPL manager of the week, and that goes to Ibrahim Rashid of Kush Gang FC. So well done, Ibrahim, uh, who scores a whopping 96 points. So great start to your FPL campaign. I got 75 points and currently placed in 37th position. But hey, it's a long season, so I'm coming for that top spot. And we'll see, <laughs> we'll see how I do. I didn't win it last year. I'm hoping I'll get a better luck this year. Just got another comment here. Oh, no, it's disappeared now. Um, but thank you to everyone for tuning in. If you haven't already, please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Next show will be taking place on Thursday, as I will be previewing Liverpool's game against Bournemouth. So make sure to tune in. Uh, follow me on social media at AussieFTP on Twitter or Aussie.FTP on Instagram, threads, and TikTok. I've got some plans to produce more content this season, so make sure to be on the lookout for that. So until next time, guys, take care, stay safe, and I hope to see you all on Thursday night. Good night.